Hello, this is John Van Fleet, Managing Editor at the Concord Monitor, here with everyone's favorite granite geek, David Brooks, to learn more about his column this week. Hello, Dave. Hello, John. So, Dave, you dove deep into history this week, like ten to 12,000 years ago. Deep, 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 absolutely. So, um, my column was prodded by the fact that the annual meeting of the New Hampshire um, Archaeological Society is coming up. And one of the presentations they're going to have is about uh, some digs have been done at a couple of small sites on the Androscoggin River, north of Berlin. And I was particularly interested in sort of how you know people who lived that long ago were here, so uh, which I've always been slightly puzzled about. So, um, so it seems that these sites are found. Um, well, how were they found? How were they found? Since, since you they didn't build permanent buildings and you can't see anything on top of the ground, how were they found? Right. There's no pyramids, no Stonehenge. There isn't even the great big uh, earthen mounds like they have out uh, in Ohio. That's a good point. How do you find it? Uh, and the, re the way you find it basically is you follow the excavators. Um, so virtually all of the archaeological finds... And now, I'm talking about... You know, long pre-contacts. Contact is a pre-contact is a term for before Europeans came here, but even before that, we're talking about you know many many thousands of years ago, uh, before really pottery, for example, was here. So, so how do you find them? You find them because there was something called the National Historic Preservation Act of 1966, which is a federal law Congress passed that basically said if it's a pub if it's a public works project that's going to disturb the ground, you need to do. Make archaeologists or, or historians need to make sure there's nothing of significance that will be destroyed. And um, so because of this, if there's anything, any uh, project... So, for example, the ones up in, in the town of Dummer, north of Berlin, was part of uh, work that the state DOT, Department of Transportation, is doing on Route 16. So, and it was running right by the river, which is commonplace for where uh, people were. 10,000 years ago. So before doing it, they had the archaeologists come in, and as they were doing it, as they were digging it, they were keeping an eye out, and the archaeologists were keeping an eye on it. It's, it's, it's a very common way that things are found. All private development, government development, they all, they all do it. And, and if it wasn't for that, you know, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't know diddly squad about the people that, we, that came in. So the, the glaciers, left uh, New Hampshire, depending on what part of New Hampshire you're talking about, 15,000, 14, 12,000 years ago. Uh, and people arrived fairly soon afterwards from the west and from the south. And we wouldn't know much about them uh, if it wasn't, frankly, for this, this law that, that forces developers, I'm sure they hate it, uh, to have to bring in the experts. So. so they're digging, they're digging, they're digging. The archaeologists are sifting. What types of things are they finding? Right. And, and, th and that's that's kind of the other thing is what are you looking for this is so this obviously this is you know this is pre-bronze age these these weren't they didn't these uh societies up here didn't have metal uh we don't have flint around here which is a common way you make like you know arrowheads and points like that doesn't work really well with granite so the stuff you're finding is fairly subtle certainly amateurs like you and me digging in the woods wouldn't know nine times out of ten that we'd stumble on anything um, there are stone tools. They've been shaped in certain ways uh, and to be used as a, you know, a scraping knife or a stabbing, maybe even a, a weapon. Uh, the, the, the shaping, you've got to be trained to know what it is, and it can tell you, you know, what thousands of years you are. The technology changed over time, even though it wouldn't be obvious to us. One of the interesting things I found they look for 
is uh, heating rocks. So if you don't have pottery, it's really hard to heat water because you you know if you have a wooden bowl, you can't put it on the fire with the water in it to heat up the water. So the way you heat water is you make rocks really hot and then you drop them into the water in the in in the side of the bowl. You do that and the rocks tend to crack in certain ways. And so um, one of the signs that you found a site where people were staying, perhaps a hunting party or you know nomads, they were there for a summertime or, or a year or just a couple months. One of the signs is you find some of these heating rocks that have been discarded. Once they crack, they, they toss them, sort of like a, a litter pile. Um, again, that's not something that you and I would would know if we stumble across it, but that's that's the sort of that's the sort of thing you find, and it, it, it's pretty subtle stuff. There's also there's frankly there's indications in the soil itself, even after thousands and thousands of years, uh, certain kinds of um, tent poles have been driven into the ground. Sometimes that's still visible in the soil, which is also really cool. So, yeah. what about? Skeletons. Skeletons. Yeah, that's what I asked. That's what I, everybody asks. Uh, because our soil is fairly acidic, skeletons, I was told, do not last that long. Um, they tend to sort of dissolve after a couple thousand years again. So uh, you, you do find bones if you find bones of cooked meat. So once a bone has been heated and cooked, it can be chemistry changes, and those can last. In fact, that's one of the main things that you find to do the radiocarbon dating to figure out how long ago we're talking about this site. Um, so you know, if they you know killed a deer and there's deer bones or fish bones, uh, that sort of thing. So, but a, a human skeleton that you know died, in Uncle Fred that was buried in the woods, uh, will not have survived five thousand years. So. Was one of the interesting lines in the column that I read was if they find a skeleton, they call the, they, they call the police. They call the police. I believe that is the law. Yeah, absolutely. And the police come, and, and then you may have to send it to a lab to determine if it's you know five years old or five hundred years old, or it won't be five thousand years old because it wouldn't have survived. But you know, so yeah, definitely. So no skeletons. So so it's and. And again, I think part of the reason that you and I and an awful lot of people don't ever think about who was here, you know, a thousand years ago, long before the Europeans, we sort of think about, you know, history began when the Europeans arrived, and yeah, there were natives here, and that's when native history began. Um, and then, but part of the reason is there's not much visible, virtually no visible evidence of anybody living from before then. So I think digs like this are kind of important because they remind. I think they're very important because they remind us that there was this, you know, entire long history of human civilization here in the state, uh, a long time before you know, the the Mayflower and Daniel Webster and all that stuff. And there was one guy who uh, who contacted us yesterday, came in here, he read the column, and he was a little upset that you said New Hampshire doesn't have caves. Yes. Can you talk about that? We've all been to the polar caves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, that was that was perhaps slightly inexact terminology on my part, or, or overly exact. So so one of the things we we don't have is, is caves that have been inhabited for thousands of years. Like the, So they have in many other parts of the country... That's a great place to find evidence, partly because caves are a good place for preserving material, and people live in them year after year, century after century. Stuff accumulates. We don't have those kind of caves, we, because we really don't have caves as you know geologists to find them. So most caves tend to be um, caves are the ground, usually limestone, that is can be worn away by water over time, 
and we don't have limestone so we don't have those kind of caves and those are long-term caves that don't change for hundreds thousands of years and that's where the civilization is what we have that are caves are like spaces between you know piles of rock or jumbles of rock or landslides and stuff like that so they're like a cave for you and me uh, and like a cave for bats but they're not the kind of cave that lasts for long periods of time and draws human habitation so that is what I meant in my column but I was didn't 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 describe it very well. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm still sad that we don't have giant pyramids and these other types of uh, you know historic, prehistoric uh, people. And and may I just say nobody and I'm very pleased with this. Nobody called me and said, "What about America Stonehenge, which is that uh, lovely, charming site down in the town of Salem on the Massachusetts border? Uh, well worth a visit. It's very nice. They got alpacas there, and it's very pretty. Uh, and there's these." Uh, shall we say, unsupported hypotheses that the rocks there are signs of ancient civilizations that were doing astronomy and all that kind of stuff. But actually, all they are is rocks that were moved around by farmers, as farmers moved a lot of rocks when they came here in the 19th and 18th centuries. And uh, some stories have been woven around them. So not a single person called and said, what about America Stonehenge? So that just shows that granite geek readers are really smart. Really smart. Well, as always... It's been fascinating, Dave. You can learn more about pre-colonial archaeology in New Hampshire at ConcordMonitor.com, and you can see all the Granite Geek columns and related stories at GraniteGeek.org. And you can subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher, Google Music, Podbean, or iTunes, except they're not calling it iTunes anymore. They're calling it something else. But you can subscribe there. Well, thank you very much, Dave. You bet.